Welcome to the Configure Price Code podcast. My name is Frank Sohn and I'm the founder of NoCPQ Consulting. This podcast is 100% focused on Configure Price Quote, also known as CPQ, and will provide you useful insights into this topic. My guest today is Matthew Asher. Matthew is a senior solutions consultant with 18 years of professional services experience working for Mainspring. And Mainspring is an Aptus and Blueprint system integration partner. Before Matthew joined Mainspring earlier this year, he was with Aptus and Deloitte and other firms. Welcome, Matthew, to the CPQ podcast. Thank you, Frank. I am pleasure to be here and look forward to the conversation today. Before we get started, Matthew, tell us a little bit more about yourself, because I, I kept the introduction a little bit short, so if you give us a little bit more information, I think that's helpful for our listeners. Perfect. My name is Matthew Asher. I am a senior solutions consultant at Mainspring. I've been in the professional services business for 18 years. I am a uh, father of twin 13-year-old boys that uh, have uh, given me gray hair and moved me forward with uh, learning how to do things is a challenge. When I was asked uh, it, what I do for my job, the one thing that I've always told is I'm a professional problem solver. So in that case, I actually end up having to deal with lots of different things in my profession. But personally, I enjoy cycling and uh, I'm a self-taught VB and uh, SQL developer in the process. So those are some hobbies that I do. And I did that at a previous job is actually write SQL code and visual basic code. Oh, wow. And you do that while you're biking. So that's... <laughs> I do. I actually try to keep it busy while I'm on the bike, not just you know, pedaling my way around Charleston, South Carolina, but also trying to make sure I expand my mind in the process. Yeah. Excellent. And you participate in any specific races here every year or, or something along these lines? Actually, no. I am just an avid cyclist. I enjoy riding around. Actually, last Friday, I did 28 miles, uh, rode over the biggest bridge in South Carolina, which is the Cooper River Bridge, and uh, rode back home. So it was a good ride. Wow. Very cool. Now, um, we will talk a little bit more about Mainspring in a minute here, but tell us, you, you were with Aptus before, you were with Deloitte and other companies. What, what did you do over there? So at Aptus, I was actually a program director. I spent three and a half years there uh, helping put together the uh, services sales process and also estimating and scoping and working with clients with delivering and you know knowing requirements and what it takes to actually stand up the Aptus CLM and CPQ solution. And previously before that, I actually worked at the largest nonprofit software company in the world. It's Blackbaud, who is also a CPQ user for Aptus. And that's actually where I learned about Aptus and came to them in 2015. Previously, before that, I actually worked as a program as a programmer and a report writer for the Medical University of South Carolina as well. And one question I have to ask you here is, uh, since everyone's interested in Aptus these days, right? Maybe not for the for the best of reasons, but you left Aptus a little while ago. What is is your take on on Aptus these days? Uh, I, I, if, if you have any rumors that should be shut down, then it, it would be helpful for our listeners, I guess. Uh, from the experience working right now, I'm still in the Aptis ecosystem with Mainspring. We're one of the pl uh, partners of them. Aptis seems to be doing well. Uh, the product, is, especially with CLM, seems to be doing well in the space. CPQ is also doing well. They have moved and gone back to their roots, which is more on the Salesforce platform and not so much in the AIC platform, um, which I think is a good move. I think that it was too spread in too many different directions, ultimately shooting the gun everywhere, not just at what your bread and butter was. 
was. But I think Aptus is moving in the right direction as good leadership. And I actually thoroughly enjoyed my three and a half years there, uh, learned a whole lot and spent a great time with a good group of people. And since you worked for both CPQ vendors and system integrators, what are the biggest differences from your point of view? Uh, the system integrators themselves. So Deloitte obviously is the juggernaut when it comes to you know consulting and the big tax accounting firms. So the way that it works, and I believe that you know they are about relationships and they're about learning. But when you look at actually deploying CPQ, CLM, and all the quote to cash products, you know the partnership and working with the client to understand requirements and giving them the best solution and helping them solve this the problems they're having within selling and using. CPQ correctly is one of the big things that I think that, you know, is where the marketplace is going with the integrators and striving to the places where they need to be, which is, you know, helping people actually get the desired results out of their CPQ solutions. And I know we talked about that a little bit in preparation for this interview, but what actually made you join Mainspring? So I actually joined Mainspring earlier this year because I had a choice between another system integrator and Mainspring. And We're a small SI that's very family-related. It's very driven. We are doing a lot of things in the market that are good. It has a delivery prowess that makes it uh, you know, top-notch with some of the 90-plus uh, percent happy clients when they're done with implementations. And I actually really enjoyed that fact along with the fact that you know they were very family-like and honestly, I felt like a good fit. And I had worked with them. So when I worked with them in Aptis and people needed the, you know, a quality system integrator, Mainspring was my first choice because they were and are a good company that delivers and I'm very happy to be here. And that touches on something I wanted to mention here. We're currently running a system integrator research project where we look for customer feedback from customers. The survey is open until June 26th and the results will be available in July for free on the CPQ Circle community page. And since we're in the CPQ podcast, tell us how you got started in CPQ. So actually, in 2015, when I joined Aptis, I knew of CPQ from the deployment that they were using at BlackBot. So BlackBot had Aptis. So I knew about it. But in 2015, I came in and basically was thrown in the fire when it comes to CPQ. So understanding what CPQ does, how it worked, and all the different bits and pieces. So I actually was trial by fire in that case, but uh, had come to learn and love it because I think it's a very interesting space. And there's a lot of things that are going on and changing in the space that are evolving and should be very interesting in the next few years. Absolutely agree. So now, uh, please tell our listeners a little bit more about Mainspring itself as a company. What services do you offer? How many people work there? Where are you located? What geographies you cover? So a little bit more about Mainspring itself. Uh, Mainspring is a privately held consulting group. We're a boutique kind of consulting firm. We specialize in the contract lifecycle management piece, but recently have expanded to have CPQ implementations. Our projects span from strategy and software, contract migration, analytics, operations, and support. And what we actually are looking at is we have basically a hundred some different engagements and implementations with clients that are in high tech, 
uh, health and life sciences and manufacturing verticals. We are headquarters in Chicago right now. Actually, we were headquartered in Long Island, but our CFO is moving to Chicago, so the mailing address is shifting as well. Uh, and we've grown to over 110 consultants nationwide since our inception in 2012. And we are currently expanding and going into the CPQ space and growing the practice with those with those you know, types of implementations. And we're working with doing software selection processes all the way to delivering CPQ solutions for uh, app to CPQ and Blueprint CPQ. And Blueprint CPQ, that's a smaller company out of the UK, if someone's not fam familiar with that. Now, tell us a little bit. So you have 110 consultants. That's already quite a, a good number, right? So what's the company culture at Mainspring? You mentioned earlier it's family-oriented. Uh, was it, what is it to work there and what's working especially well for someone who's potentially interested to, to join your team? We are a very collaborative group. We work as we believe that, you know, the group is better than the one. So we try to do everything as a group and we work hard and we look to get driven results. So doing quality deliverables when it comes out, making sure we give the client what they expect and also being clear on our communications and expectations through the process. But in the culture itself is very family-like and very collaborative. I, I really enjoy where I'm at and uh, I'm happy to be where I'm at right now. Excellent. You mentioned that you work with Aptis and that you work with Blueprint. Can you tell us a little bit more exactly what you do together with these firms and do you work with anyone else right now or in the foreseeable future? Correct. So we actually, with Aptis itself, we actually do, you know, we've been doing CLM. So we started doing CLM, so contract lifecycle management with them in 2014. And we're coming into the CPQ space. And that is obviously, you know, helping them understand and reviewing what they currently have within CPQ and doing, I would call them health checks. Um, on the blueprint side of the house, we're actually working with them with an aftermarket solution they're working with. We're helping shape that. So actually, I've been working closely with uh, Paul, who is located in Boston, where they're expanding into the U.S., which is what we're helping with. And we're working to drive to that aftermarket solution to try to do a, I would call it a service CPQ idea. So we're working on that. And then the other partner we're looking into is another partner that's actually based out of Charleston, South Carolina. It's Atlatl Software. And they are a visual CPQ firm that is an honorable mention when it comes to the Gartner Report. And it's driving to the new, the next generation of, I think, where CPQ is going, actually. So those are the th our, th our three partners that we're in play with right now. We're investigating Salesforce and trying to become a Salesforce partner as well, because I think the next direction is being able to do Salesforce CPQ and Spring CM and things like that. So we're looking into different areas there, too. Yeah. Excellent. You, I want to uh, dig a little bit deeper on one thing you mentioned was the uh, health assessment, right? So how does it work? For whom is that, right? Is that uh, for free or is there a charge? For, for customers who, who probably already have CPQ solutions, I guess, right? We actually do a hybrid. We have two approaches. One is an approach where we actually come in like myself and you know look at what you currently have, understanding your processes, and make recommendations accordingly. And the second offering is exactly where we'll do a health check, where we'll bring in you know a solutions consultant and a BA and review what your current configuration is and give you suggestions on maybe how to optimize it or what would be better for the solution. Because CPQ is very configurable and not configurable as a product, but configurable as a how you set it up. You could have two different companies that sell the exact same product and they're going to configure price and quote it a different way. So having to that variability allows you to come in and maybe look at different ways to do it if the company's open to it. So we have a paid and a free engagement. Yeah. And one thing I also want to follow up on was uh, you mentioned you, you work with Atlatl, Blueprint, uh, at, uh, 
So Aptus, Blueprint, Atlatl, and p potentially Salesforce. A couple of these things require very different skill sets, right? So when, are you planning to have dedicated practice with dedicated resources, or are you going to mix and match people as needed? We're going to probably mix and match people as needed. Uh, within the Atlatl piece, we're learning you know, some more about their visual piece. They are, have a very strong collaboration with Oracle right now, so we're looking to work with them on that. And they have a CPQ tool besides the visual piece. Uh, with Blueprint, we are actually working with them exclusively trying to you know, take those resources and train them. So we're training them up on how to use it and what pieces and parts we need to do. So we're working to cross-train individuals and also looking to hire people who have experience in different places that we need to. One thing I wanted to ask you also, because I know the Blueprint uh, team and I know that they have something new, that their aftermarket services, is there anything that you can share with us regarding, regarding that capability? Yeah, actually, within the aftermarket, or I can call it almost services CPQ or aftermarket idea, they are coming out and working on the solution that we're helping shape, and that will be something that I think we're looking to find people who would be interested in just as a as a preview of it. I actually think, Frank, you were a preview of that as well. Um, and we're looking to expand from there into possible, and I think the goal is a actual rollout to show it in Stockholm in October. So we actually roll out the aftermarket solution and work with them on that is where we're going, which uh, it is a space that not many people have come into. And it is a place where we have got some technology we're going to be using to help evaluate risks and making good decisions when it comes to providing service contracts. Can only recommend everyone to look into this. This is something uh, very interesting. Now, when customers have a project with you, what do you tell them? How can they prepare for a project so that the customer can be effective from day one? So one of the biggest things that you need to think about when you're doing CPQ, and it comes back to the variability I spoke of, when you have a customer who has the you know, the exact same products, they need to, they have it laid out differently and they sell differently. So, you know, going in and understanding your process, documenting your process, understanding your requirements, having the understanding of what's the difference between requirements, which is, you know, if you think about requirements, that's the pitch of a soccer field. And then scope of what you're trying to do is going to be the center circle. So that understanding of requirements and understanding what you're trying to get out of the actual CPQ solution is a huge thing that needs to be addressed because a lot of times within projects of CPQ, it's expectations of what you're going to get and what you imagined you get that has a misalignment. And it's always about setting that conversation and setting that standard. So knowing that going in with a project and having those discussions is a very key piece to success when it comes to CPQ deployments. And then one additional thing here is also since you work with the different CPQ solution providers, right? So if you have someone like Atlatl who has a visual component, you potentially need to prepare cat data and stuff like that, right? Versus when you work with solutions like potentially uh, Blueprint, you, you, you would do, for example, the aftermarket pieces that I do. Is there anything that's worth pointing out to uh, listeners who think about implementing a CPQ solution, what they should especially consider uh, concerning the four solutions that you work with? Uh, I would actually look at the and take a depth of what you're looking for. So Blueprint has all the same functionality as, you know, a app is, and it's not as pretty and as glamorous, but it can do all the same functionality. So I'm looking at probably saying what's more important, the platform 
what's more important of look and feel, and what's the desired outcome. So really and truly, when you're looking at different, you know, different CPQ solutions, it's, you know, platform is important. Does it need to be on the Salesforce platform because you have your CRM that's Salesforce? Does it need to, you know, process large amounts of data? So one of the big struggles with the Salesforce platform is if you have, a, you know, a lot of com- computations that are happening in the background, the Salesforce platform can kind of struggle with that. So is that something you need to think about as your pricing complex? So looking at the platform and understanding your business is a big factor when it comes to planning ahead of what solution to look at. Learn more about CPQ today. We have two offerings you probably want to know about. First, we have a free resource, our CPQ Circle Community, which offers CPQ knowledge, CPQ-specific industry knowledge, and CPQ-specific best practices, as well as CPQ job opportunities. Leading CPQ firms, system integrators, thought leaders, customers, and researchers add content here. Check it out today at www.novocpq.com. Go to Resources and then select CPQ Circle Community. Second, we have a paid monthly subscription that keeps you up to date with the global CPQ market. If you are a CPQ vendor, system integrator or a large customer with multiple CPQ systems, you don't want to miss this. Go to www.novocpq.com, look for services and select subscriptions to learn more. And what are the biggest challenges that your customers typically encounter in your CPQ implementation projects? Um, the biggest, I think the biggest problem or thing that we see with our customers is obviously setting the expectation correctly. A lot of times people will come in and they'll have an imagination of what CPQ is going to solve. And you have to be aware that it's probably not going to solve everything. You have to have an attainable goal that you're going to resolve and, and solve. And that actually should be where you lay out the roadmap to get to. Um, that's one of the biggest challenges I've seen is that exactly that, that, you know, they actually think that CPQ is going to solve everything that the organization has in the sales side and it only solved one of the three that they had things like that and what can customers do on their own time before they contact you so I would say that putting together a, a your business case, understanding the business case of what you're trying to achieve, also taking and documenting your business requirements. So your ultimate, your, your internal stakeholders and your external stakeholders, you need to understand what they're looking for and then set the expectation correctly um, is one piece. And I think that, you know, knowing the user stories and knowing the requirements, the business requirements and the process flows at a level that says, you know, this decision point causes this this, you know, you actually choose this in the process and move forward and understanding that. The other part that actually is a very large structure is understanding and looking at the product catalog and how you're going to organize your products. And that is actually the autonomy across that catalog is a big piece too. So business requirements, business flows, and, you know, understanding how you're going to organize your products. Is there a lot of cross-sell and upsell that happens between different product lines? And those kind of conversations need to happen as well. And one of the things that Mainspring offers and we can do is come in and help these conversations with you. So help you understand the capabilities that you need within the CPQ solution and then finding the right solution that fits within those capabilities. And which CPQ capabilities are most undervalued at this time from your point of view based on the discussions with your customers? 
I think pricing is one place, understanding how pricing is calculated, and also I think the visual component of a visual configurator, along with the other piece that I think is a big piece that's undervalued, is the simplicity of actual implementation. If you can have a simpler implementation or have a product that's easier to implement, that becomes a bigger piece. And I think that when you look at a solution, understanding the capabilities, I mean, if you compare apples to apple, it's going to, you just pick an apple, right? But if it's an easier apple to get your hands on and actually slice it up, that's the apple you should choose. So I think it really looks at, they all kind of, when you map out capabilities, they can all be compared the same. But when you look at, okay, well, what's it going to take to implement it? And that's really the def, the different step, that different differentiation when I think about it. And one thing I want to ask you as well is concerning the implementation work. So I see that lots of vendors do additional work to simplify the implementation for users, right? And I was wondering, since you work with multiple vendors, what do you think is the most interesting approach at this time to make it easier for a customer to do some of the implementation steps themselves? Within the implementations themselves, what I actually look at is, do you have a strong business user who understands the technology that you're putting on that? So like one of the big advantages of a Salesforce platform is you can configure it and someone can kind of use that. That's what you need to look for. So be able to understand your product catalog, understand how pricing works and document that and actually be able to create, you know, calculations and build the calculations yourself. Those are some of the things that allow you to do with some of the solutions where you can write those. And if you have the ability to do that, they can do that on their own. And that's what some of the platforms and different choices allow you to do in, in one of the selling points when you talk about different platforms and different solutions. And, and how often do you see customers who really want to have true omni-channel solutions? So for the sales team, for a channel partner, as well as an e-commerce Uh, website and have there been any changes in the last 12 to 18 months so i actually think that it's moving from kind of a it's been b2b was originally the way it went and then we're moving to a b2b to b2c mode so business to business and even having the business to you know customer feel so when you're trying to sell to a sell to an actual business that wants to have the look and feel. Everyone compares the shopping cart and CPQ to experience in Amazon. So that's one of the things that there I see the trend happening is that you're moving to that idea of being able to have an e-commerce type of front end where customers can do self-service and they can, you know, buy their own products from a B to from a B situation to a C situation or B2B in that way as well. And one thing that's interesting is, is who do you see as a sort leader in, in the CPQ product configuration quote to cash space? Is there anyone that you're looking towards if you want to learn more? I actually think when you compare the big players in the market, so Aptis and Salesforce, they both, they, they, the juggernauts in the Salesforce platform, they actually pull out and they can give you both of that experience. Um, and it, it's one of those of, When you think about what solution you're looking at, a lot of them now have the e-commerce availability, and you need to look at what you're trying to surface to your client. So what is the actual end goal of this? Do you want them to have a true configuration? Like are you going to you know, surface a visual configurator on your page? Or do you want to just have a product catalog solution where they're choosing and pricing on the fly, like for a um, – distributor partner it's that kind of situation where they're just reordering and such so i don't see an actual look and feel of a true product that i would choose except for all of them have the same solution and you need to look at what your desired outcome is so you can pick the right one hmm. and 
Do you work with any uh, industry analysts like Gardner, Forrester? Are you investing in sites like uh, G2, Captera, and so on? And if you do, how, how does it work for you? Um, I have I we we use Gartner for CLM and have used it for CPQ to understand where and when and what to look at when you're helping customers come out with the right products and knowing the the different you know takes and puts of that. Also, use some of the context I have along the way from Aptis as well as other places to see you know what what's coming and what's going. But I actually use Gartner as my most is my as my most prized possession when it comes to where we're going with the CPQ solution world and conversations like you. Right. And also uh, concerning the, the uh, software review sites, right? Is that something that customers mention that they use as well as the industry analysts? Do they tell you very often that they use these sources too? Yeah, actually, I have had many people that go in and compare in Google, and they actually even look at SI comparisons of, you know, comparing, like, in the Salesforce ecosystem, you could go to Simplis, and they'll look at, you know, Aptis versus Steelbrick slash Salesforce CPQ. So you can Google and find all that information, but, you know, the most reliable, I would say, is something like a Gartner or a Forrester, where they're kind of comparing, and they give you a, a, a looking from one side of this, you know, in a, in a nonpartisan way. Yeah. And what, from your point of view, based on the customers that you are talking to, what do you expect to be the next game changer for CPQ and the, for the rest of this year and next year? So what I'm looking at and what I'm thinking about is obviously a visual con visual configuration. Also, um, kind of the subscription piece, not just related to software. So, you know, we actually already have like software subscription pieces, but the aftermarket solutions and the service contract side of it. So a true service CPQ. And last but not least, how we're taking, you know, that data, because now we have all this data coming in and using artificial intelligence and machine learning to help sell better and increase processing and enabling people to get the most out of their CPQ solution. Excellent. And do you see any uh, regional differences in, in these requests or is that the same across the US? Or um, North America, I should say. Mostly, I'm seeing the same thing across the North America space. Um, that's actually one of the reasons why we're we're talking and working with, you know, uh, Blueprint and understanding digital transformation and combining CLM and CPQ together. Now, I'm pretty sure we could come up with a whole bunch of additional questions, but we're coming to the end of the podcast. Hence, the question is, are there any events where our listeners can see you live or is there any way for them to get a hold of you if they have additional questions? Yeah, actually, um, we are doing some, we will obviously be rolling out a new website. So Mainspring is rebranding itself and rolling out a new website shortly. Uh, that should be coming out in the next few weeks. So the week of probably uh, 6.15-ish around there should be rolling out. Um, and you can reach me at my actual cell phone number, which is 843-670-6258. Or you can email me at matthew.asher at mainspringcg.com. Excellent, Matthew. That was very helpful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and hope you learned something interesting today. If you like the podcast, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes or share it with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, you can find us online at www.novocpq.com. So long, everyone. 